You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. So, Dave, what would you like to talk about on this fine day as you sit down here in my basement at my nine-foot homemade oak bar? I can't imagine you have nothing to discuss today on Sacks in the Basement. Yeah, Chris, I, I thought a lot about it, and, um, you know, I maybe have said some mean things, um, and upon further reflection, uh, I meant every single thing I said. <laughs> um, you know... I, I got to tell you, man, I've taken up some really, I've taken up a really interesting hobby this week. Um, I've taken up underwater basket weaving. It's really quite, I mean, it's quite difficult and it, it takes some skill, you know, because there's the water and the weaving and, you know, if you don't have the right. What do you do? Do you sit like in a pool? Is there like a public pool you go to and you sit in the water while you're doing, how does that work? Well, a public pool would be. A public pool is good for practicing the underwater basket weaving because it's more of a controlled environment. I haven't upgraded yet to doing it in like open water. Okay, you know, like, but one of these days, like when the weather gets nice, I'm gonna, you know, take a swim in Lake Michigan and just kind of drop myself under about 20 feet so, and do some, so under, no do some underwater so- basket no weaving. No white socks, just nope. basket weaving. Is, is, uh, is Reinsdorf dead? No. No, then no. Sorry, bud. All right, that's one way to play it. Family Waterproofing Solutions sponsors this show, Socks in the Basement. They're the proud sponsors. Before we get into the next 30 minutes, uh, which clearly Dave will still sit out of, let me tell you that Family Waterproofing Solutions is the place to go if you have any foundational issues, water issues, sump pump issues, you name it, window well problems, anything that you need. If you have an issue or if you're thinking, hey, I want to upgrade something, Family Waterproofing Solutions, they're family-owned, veteran-owned, female-owned, they're big Socks in the Basement fans, and they will take care of you extra special if you tell them that we sent you. And when I say extra special, that means like it will cost you less money if you tell them that Socks in the Basement sent you. They cover all of Northern Illinois and Northwest Indiana. I mean, look them up. They are so highly rated in reviews, Better Business Bureau, you name it. They're incredible. Ken's a vet. It's Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to, to Ken, the owner over there. And I'm going to tell you something right now. This is a guy who wants the job done right and doesn't want anybody to say anything bad about him. He makes sure it's taken care of. This is an owner that cares about his business no matter how big it gets. Small business, going big, along with socks in the basement. Go out and get some work done with Family Waterproofing Solutions if you are in need. If not, keep them in the back of your mind. Trust me, one day you will need them. I've already had to use them. FAMWS.com, or remember the phone number, is right there on the logo for socks in the basement. All right, so I poured myself a drink. And I'm not sure what I want to say. I have run this down so many times in my head over the last 24 hours or so. Ever since I found out that Tony La Russa has yet another DUI charge against him. And he was charged the day before the White Sox hired him. They knew about it per Scott Reifert. And they continued to hire him. And they have no intention of this affecting their decision to bring him in as manager. The parrot that is Bob Nightingale who speaks for Jerry Reinsdorf. Anytime you ever see anything for Bob Nightingale, Jerry Reinsdorf gave it to him. I'm convinced of it. Has already come out and made clear that the White Sox are not getting rid of Tony La Russa. 
no matter how angry you are, no matter how upset you are, no matter how much this proves your point that he was the wrong guy for this White Sox team, Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't care. Now, we could spend a half hour yelling about it. I think that's a disservice to the team. It's a disservice to Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel, Tim Anderson, Juan Moncada, Jose Abreu, Nick Mandrigal, Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Adam Engel, Yasmani Grandal, and the rest of the White Sox. It's a disservice to them. If we continue to beat our heads against the wall, thinking that anything that I say on this podcast or anything that you tweet or anything you put up on Facebook or anything anybody says on the radio or any national thing that somebody puts out in the newspaper, online, national broadcast, television, it doesn't matter. Because in the end, as we've said before on the show, as we said when Tony was hired, Jerry Reinsdorf has an awful lot of money and you don't. Jerry Reinsdorf owns the team and you don't. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't care. He simply doesn't. That's what he is. And now you have to weigh, does that matter to you? I've seen all these things on Twitter. I've gotten these screenshots sent to me. They're brilliant. Had a few people share with me through Messenger letters sent from the White Sox. And they're all screenshots. And I can't say with 100% certainty that these are accurate. But there's a lot of them being sent to me, folks. And they all look the same. So I think they are. Here's one. From Brooks Boyer that was sent to me and actually says, I understand why fans are shaking their heads. Everybody in the White Sox front office today is putting out fires. They were putting out fires yesterday too. They'll be putting out fires for a while. Every ticket agent is having an uncomfortable conversation right now as you're listening to the show. It's either people calling up yelling, I'll never spend money on this team again. Or it's people saying, you know what? I was thinking about buying tickets. I'm not. There's anger. It's real. You can see people sending the messages out. All I have to do is reach out to the different ticket agents that I know in the organization. They're all saying it. And the front office is dealing with it too. There's a reason you could tell nobody on this team, nobody in this organization wanted Tony LaRusso, but they were told by the boss, he's your manager. A guy who has yet to, from what we can tell, reach out to a single player. Now I wonder how many of them really want to talk to him. This is the guy that's going to actually hold your players accountable. And yeah, you could say, hey, they're employees. That's the boss. They gotta, they gotta listen to them. But will they really? I mean, if anybody's ever been a boss in their entire life, I remember a piece of advice my dad used to tell me when I became a boss the first time I was, I was in charge of people. And I've had that happen at a couple of different jobs. And he goes, look, when it's time to go out for drinks, have one leave. They work for you. They have to have respect for you. And you can't get yourself in the trouble or look bad because then you'll never be able to tell them what to do. They'll never truly care about your opinion. You can't be one of the boys and you can't get yourself into trouble. That's true. Tony LaRusso doesn't have that. Any credibility he had with this team, with these players he's supposed to manage, is already gone. That sucks. Think about what we're dealing with here. Think about what we've gone through over the last couple of years, this massive rebuild, the bad times, the bad years, discussions about whether Daniel Palka could be a focal point for this team. Think about how manning that was. But there were people who believed it. That's how bad we were. That's how bad we were. And I like Daniel, and I'm sorry I brought that up. But I mean, I'm just trying to give it a, a point. I could name any other player. I just thought of him off the top of my head. But think about all the guys who were like, maybe this guy could be something. They're not. Think about how long it took to get to this point. 
Think of the feeling you had when you got Grandal when you jumped the market 12 months ago and made the big signing that then brought on the Dallas Keuchel signing that then made the White Sox a destination and then see that a free agent like Marcus Stroman went out on Twitter and said, not for all the money in the world would I sign for the White Sox now. Not a chance. There's plenty of other teams. And he didn't just stop with that comment. He keeps retweeting things about it and making fun of it. This is a name that we seriously were considering. Would you like to have Marcus Stroman? Would you not like to have Marcus Stroman? Well, now we know the answer. Marcus Stroman doesn't want to come here. And you have to wonder how many other free agents are thinking the same thing right now. After everything you built, after the point that you got to, where you're handing out hardware, where Luis Robert somehow comes in second place in Rookie of the Year. And yeah, maybe he was second place, but how does a guy that goes out and hits with a a 500 OPS become in the last month of the season. In a two-month season, Kyle Lewis, 500 OPS or somewhere around there, and he's the unanimous choice, basically, for Rookie of the Year. All the second-place votes go to Robert. Doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. But the fact we, we should be having those conversations this week, we can't, because this is what we're dealing with now. All the goodwill. The fact that, Jose Abreu may be the MVP. All the, everything that was good about the White Sox, it's like somebody drove it into a brick wall. And yeah, like I said before, Tony La Russa may still win you a World Series. But I, it just feels so weird that you're rolling and you're on a high and you're the odds-on favor to win all kinds of pennants in World Series over the next decade. And this is what you decided to do. Because an old man who has a lot of money doesn't care about you and cares about what makes him happy. And no, it doesn't matter if you tweet or Facebook. It doesn't matter if you call up the uh, the ticket booth and say, well, I don't want my tickets anymore. Trust me, every hot dog that he doesn't sell, every soda pop that doesn't get bought, every empty seat, that isn't coming out of Jerry Reinsdorf's pocket. It's coming out of Rick Hahn's budget. Jerry Reinsdorf's going to get his no matter how angry you are at him. He is. He's going to get his no matter how angry you are at him. So you could choose, hey, I'm not spending any more money with the White Sox. And that is your right to do as a fan. We told a story maybe about a year and a half ago on this team. My father was like, that's it. And he stopped buying beer in the middle of a game because that's how bad the team was playing. But in the end, Jerry Reinsdorf, he's getting his at the end. And his investors are getting theirs at the end. And Rick Hahn's budget will be lower because you didn't buy tickets. And then they'll be out there. Trust me, like they've been before. Well, White Sox fans didn't buy tickets, so how can they how can they spend money on this team? You'll hear it. Your boy Chuck over there on the uh, on the corporate podcast, he'll be saying it. Trust me, those guys are all being real quiet right now. In about a week or two, or a month or two, they'll all be right on the Jerry Reinsdorf bandwagon again. He's that rich guy who takes care of them, who finances their careers. All these beat reporters with the softball questions when LaRusso was hired. Those questions are going to continue. Yeah, there'll be a few harsh ones. Some of them will be dismissed as angry bloggers, crazy podcasters. What do they even belong in this room asking questions of the White Sox? This is an exclusive club. We sit around. We come up with the questions beforehand. We ask Jerry's people, is this a good question? They go, no, maybe. Then we ask it. Then we write what the team wants us to write. It's not going to change. So now in the end, what do you care about more? Do you care about how angry you are at Jerry Reinsdorf? Antonio La Russa, or do you care about Abreu, Anderson, Giolito, Robert, Jimenez, Grandal, all these guys, the fun, 
the joy, the hope, the name on the front of the jersey, and the name on the back of it for the players that you fell in love with. Do you care about that more than your anger towards the owner and those that have enabled him to do whatever he wants to do? And that's what you have to decide. You may choose to be like Dave, sit at the end of the bar and be quiet. That you're right. You could do that. Nobody cares. But it, it, it's not going to change anything for the rich old guy who doesn't care. You know, when, when I was in radio, there were times where I was the number one guy in the town I was in. That little bit of power goes a long way, man. There were times where even if I tried to be empathetic and tried to do the right thing, every once in a while I just was like, nah, forget this. I'm the biggest fish in the pond. Fire that guy. Or no, I'm not answering that question. Or no, I'm going to do this. Or no, I'm not going to listen to my boss. I was doing it at the age of 20 when I was brash and young and thought I could do whatever I wanted to. With age, I've become much more mellow and understand that was evil, Chris, and I killed him. But take that, which is in every media person. Trust me. Anybody that's in the public eye has it. Anybody with money has it. If you have any kind of power or anything like that, there's a little bit of you that's like, I don't need to put up with this. Now multiply that by a billion and you have Jerry Reinsdorf. Now add all that age to him where he's reached the back end of his life and he doesn't care about your opinion. It does not matter what you say on Facebook and Twitter. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't care. So now you have to decide, am I going to let this rip me apart? Am I going to stop paying attention to what's going on with this team? Am I going to stop going to games? Am I going to stop watching because I'm mad that a rich guy throws his money around and tells people he doesn't care about him? Or do I care about the team that I've been watching now and suffering with for years and years and years? What a catch-22. And I'm completely embarrassed by this entire thing. I had a buddy of mine send me a, a text. And he's from Minnesota, grew up in Edina, north side of Minneapolis, lives in St. Paul now, lifetime Twins fan. Went to college with him at U of I. All he does is text me, quote, I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person, unquote, is as good as it gets. And my only response was, this is so embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. But I also understand that no matter how angry you are, this is your manager. This is your team. And unfortunately now, your team may have less of a budget to work with because he's going to have the, well, the fans aren't supporting us thing. And also may not be able to get every free agent they want because some of them may be completely turned off. Last thing I'm going to say about this, and then I want to talk about some other White Sox stuff. I don't want to do the whole show on this because it's beating your head against a wall with no result. Steve Stone tweets out within 24 hours of the news breaking about LaRusa, all about due process and don't judge. And he sends his thing out and then doubles down. Anybody that questions what he says, he responds back with due process. Just wait till the end. When you read the report, it seems like Tony's dead to rights. But let me tell you something right now. I believe and have always believed and will always believe, especially based upon conversations that I've had with people in and around the organization, that a guy like Steve Stone is able to pick up the phone or talk to a few people casually and get the inside dope. I don't think the White Sox hire LaRusa if they don't think he's going to beat the charge. And it only takes like one thing not done exactly right in a DUI charge and a good lawyer gets the person out. So I think the reason it was delayed because we had a credible source that told us it was a done deal and a press conference would be that day. And it took an extra 24 hours because that was the day that they found out he was DUI. I believe the White Sox delayed everything for one day because they wanted to make sure they could get him out of it. Jerry called his lawyers. 
said, what can we do here for Tony? And they said, well, we could do this and we could do this, Jerry. All right, but you can get him out of it. Yeah, we can get him out of it. All right, we're hiring him. But the fact that Steve Stone not only tweeted it out, but then doubled down and argued with everybody that responded to his tweet tells me he has supreme confidence. A guy like Stone, he doesn't want to look stupid. I think we've all picked that up in his personality. Steve Stone doesn't want to say something and later be told he was wrong. Something's giving him the confidence to say that. In the end, who knows what happens next here. But the White Sox as an organization have to move forward, and so will we. Right here on Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Socks in the Basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota, and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. One of the things that I really enjoy doing is trying to figure out what the rest of the world thinks of your team. And one of the best ways to do this is to look at fantasy baseball. I've done this the last couple of years to try to illustrate when people said, oh, this guy's a great player, or this guy's got a real future with the White Sox, or this guy's going to have a big year. I'll pull out fantasy baseball rankings around this time because these guys make their money and are experts and have jobs because they're very good at projecting stats the next year. Looking at the schedule, looking at whether the guy's going to be used enough, looking at what the guy did in previous years, looking at trends, that's how they make their money. They don't care about where the guy ranks in the majors amongst his peers. They care about production and production alone because they're trying to tell people, these are the guys you should go get in fantasy baseball. So I find it really, really cool that as I go through the list put out on CBS Sports right now, of the top players at each position. Yasmani Grandal is the sixth best catcher in Major League Baseball, according to their fantasy baseball rankings. And if you think about it, fantasy baseball is all about OPS, you know, driving in runs, extra base hits, run production. It's all run production, okay? So it means offensively, these guys are great. Jose Abreu is fourth. That's great. Even Nick Madrigal made the top 20 at 17. I think he's the lowest guy in any position. Yohan Moncada, even after a bad year, let's see where they have him ranked right now. Yohan Moncada sitting at 14 right now, sitting amongst guys like Chris Bryant, Josh Donaldson, Cabrian Hayes, Max Muncy, Gio Urshela. These are all guys that are eligible at third base. I think they're under-ranking him. The one that really stands out to me, though, and oh, and Tim Anderson was in the top five. I, I'm having a hard time bringing up that list, but the one that really stands out to me is the outfield rankings. Both Robert and Jimenez are in the top 15 outfielders projected in fantasy baseball for 2021. They're both in the top 15. 
And if you go with the James Fox plan, which seems to be what the White Sox want to do, although we don't know what George Springer thinks of Tony La Russa now, George Springer would be the guy they might pursue first. He's also ranked in the top 15. Your outfield could become a juggernaut very, very quickly because the belief is run production, offensive output is going to be even bigger this year for the White Sox than what you saw last year based upon these rankings. That's a positive note for you in a negative week. Another positive note for you is if you go back and listen, and I, and I asked that you do, the show that came out on Saturday, James Fox from SI, Future Sox. In fact, I'm going to be making an appearance on Future Sox very soon. James Fox comes on and lays out a plan that he feels there's a little bit of buzz around. The possibility that it's not really going to be Trevor Bauer, but it's going to be a George Springer, and they might try to strike early. And then they go out and get their pitching through trade. And the name he came up with right away was Yerman Marquez, pitcher for the Rockies. It took two days after that show came out. Barstool Sports was saying the exact same thing. It's interesting to me that Fox was 48 hours ahead of that, and they're right on the same thing. That is a name to really look at. And Rick Hahn might have to do more trading if there's free agents that don't want to work with him because of the La Russa debacle, because of the stink that the White Sox have on them right now. Hahn might have to do more trading. So it'll be very, very interesting. We've gotten a lot of comments from people on Facebook, on Twitter, people that have written into us and talked about the last few shows. And I wanted to share one or two of them with you just kind of give some input. Remember, if you ever want to talk to Sox in the Basement, you can always leave a message 24-7. All you have to do is call in 708-459-8406. James wrote in the comments on our last show, good show, I think there's depth and number of solid second-tier pitchers who could eat up innings for the White Sox. He's talking about free agency. I do think we could get Bauer on a two- to three-year deal, though. I do, too. I don't think he's a long-term guy because... He knows his value continues to increase, and he doesn't want to be stuck in anything. He might be the kind of guy that says, I want to be able to opt out in three years. That might be the kind of guy that he is. Rumors about George Springer playing right field really interest me since he's a solid two-way player and used to big games. But wouldn't left-handed batting Michael Brantley be cheaper? I'm hearing that already contract talks have, have opened up between Brantley and the Astros, who he would be leaving. They're trying to retain him, and you would think... They have the inside track if they're trying to do that. I'm not excited about Nick Madrigal's name coming up in trade talks. Love the balance of contact hitting he brings to the lineup. If traded, it better be a stud. Well, Yerman Marquez would be a stud. All things considered, I'd rather go all in on top-tier pitching. I think right field is decent, though not a strength. Plenty of affordable options after Springer. I get it, but I wouldn't be upset if you go out and get a Yerman Marquez. You go get a Yerman Marquez, you've had a big offseason if you're able to make a trade. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708 
3006. And let's talk about White Sox prospects that are available, just so everybody understands what I'm talking about and what you would have to give up in a trade. MLB.com's top 100 prospect list. Remember a few years ago when we had like eight or nine guys on this list? We don't anymore. Remember when it used to be that we had like four or five guys in the top 30 or top 50? We don't anymore. The White Sox are in a very different position when teams come a-calling looking for talent in trades. The number 13 overall prospect in all of baseball, according to MLB.com, is Andrew Vaughn. Sox aren't giving him up. They're not giving him up. He has a long-term plan they're not giving up on. Michael Kopech is 18th. Nick Madrigal is the 36th highest player. That's a trade bait piece. In fact, those three are definite trade bait pieces. The other two pieces that rank in the top 100 are Garrett Crochet and Dane Dunning. That's it. Those are your high-end prospects that you're going to have to dangle at least one of them, possibly two, depending on the player you're going out and getting. You have to remember that when you're sitting around saying, well, I want this guy, I want that guy. You don't have all the capital that you used to have. Teams aren't going to sit there and say, well, give us your 15th best prospect for Yerman Marquez. It's not happening. After this season is over, it'll be really interesting because I believe Vaughn's going to be a major leaguer if not on opening day, because they're only bringing him up on opening day if they have him signed long-term like they did with Robert and Jimenez. Otherwise, they'll delay him and play service time games. Michael Kopech, Andrew Vaughn, Nick Mandrigal, Garrett Crochet, and Dane Dunning. I don't think any of these guys are on this list anymore because they're not prospects after the 2021 season. The guys that are going to be on the list, your number one prospect, if they just keep the same order, is Jared Kelly, 19-year-old pitcher with an expectancy of making the majors in 2023. Jonathan Stever, who we got to look at, would be the second best guy if I took those top five guys off the list. Matthew Thompson, right-handed pitcher, 20 years old, not expected till 2023, is your, would be your third highest. Micah Adolfo, who has taken forever to get here, is now 24 years old. He would be your fourth highest. And Gavin Sheets, who you're going to have to put on your 40-man roster to protect in the Rule 5 draft, would be your fifth highest. Because you're going to cut that top 10 list of White Sox prospects right in half because the top five of them are playing in 2021. So you might sit there and say, well, I don't want to give up this guy. I don't want to give up this guy. I don't want to give up this guy. At some point, you got to give up somebody. Teams are not stupid. They're not taking your junk. So if you're going to go out and make trades, you're going to have to deal somebody. I think second base is a realistic position to find a pretty good player at. Nick Mandrigal, if he was what he is and he hit 20 home runs a year, you'd never get rid of him. Hell, if he hit 15 a year, I'd be like, don't get rid of that guy. Keep him forever. But I I think that the lack of power, plus the fact that he made some really bonehead rookie moves out there, he could be somebody they move. I don't think think they're going to. I mean, if if you put a gun to my head, I'd be like, nah, I'll probably keep Nick Mandrigal. But he's definitely a guy they're going to think of. You could see them deal a guy like Mandrigal and then turn around and trade a guy like Stever and Adolfo to go get Yerman Marquez. Would you be mad about that as a White Sox fan? You have to think about that. Would you be mad if you picked up a high-end, top-end rotation guy with a whip that's going to sit somewhere between 1.10 and 1.20, who his only bad games are always in Colorado, and he's, he's close to being a lights-out pitcher who has years and years of control? How could you be mad about that? You know, when you weigh it one way or the other, you, you know, you want to keep all the guys that you love. I get that. I want to keep every guy that I love on this team as well. But there comes a time when you have currency and you have to be willing to trade the currency. And like I said before, that might be the only way you get better now. Because Marcus Stroman's not coming. 
Now, he's a brash young man who decided he didn't want to play in 2020. Not everybody in the world loves his personality. And I don't know if he represents all the rest of free agency, but the possibility exists you might need to overpay now or make trades because of the weight that's been attached to your team's neck by their owner. Look, folks, in the end, you could be angry about Jerry Reinsdorf. You can decide not to go. But like I said, it's not going to cost him a dime. It's going to take money out of Rick Hahn's pocket that he uses to go and get players. So in the end, you're never going to hurt the pocketbook of Jerry Reinsdorf. And as much as we all want to say that at some point the good guys win and the bad guys lose, that the evil dastardly owner, that evil owner, eventually he'll get his. So far, I've only seen that happen in the movie The Natural and in Major League. And they were movies. In real life, it doesn't really happen. Now, on the other hand, if you're a Mets fan, you just got the greatest owner ever who's on Twitter saying, I have $15 billion. What do you want? Because I intend to win the World Series in three years. And they're getting every White Sox fan's dream right now. But even in this dark moment, and it has been a dark moment, Tony La Russa coming on the team is a dark moment just because it's embarrassing to be a White Sox fan. Whether or not you think he can win a World Series, whether or not you think he's better than Ricky Renteria, whether or not uh, you're like, you know what, these things happen, I'm not worried about it. Whether or not you're blowing off all of his problems that he has, and you're like, these are not big deals. They don't bother me. When it becomes a hindrance on your organization because you become less of a desirable destination, it's never a good thing, you know? You don't want to cut your nose off to spite your face. And that's what Jerry Reinsdorf's done. He wants what he wants, and it doesn't matter to him who it turns off, even if it turns off players that can help him win a World Series. Dave, is there anything you want to add to this conversation? Why does it matter? They don't call him the best podcast co-host in the country for nothing. Socks in the Basement, back on Saturday. Remember, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. You name it, we're there. Everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.